Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It is a pleasure to be back with you again, and we are finally, finally here. Probably the most excited that I've been since July 31st, when the Grizzlies started their play in the bubble. I know that that didn't end the way a lot of us had hoped. And this isn't NBA basketball. This is an actual basketball being played. So not as excited as I was then, but we definitely are finally at draft day. And when it comes to the Grizzlies, though, it may not be as exciting as it has been over the past few years when we've got Jaron Jackson Jr., John Moran, and Brandon Clark added to the franchise. It still is exciting in general. We'll get into why it could be a bit more exciting than many had anticipated even even 24 hours ago in a moment, but also just in terms of the NBA. I know the Memphis fan base is big on basketball in general, and this year there's a little bit of added aspects that really make it exciting for Memphis. Obviously, the, the potential landing spots of James Wiseman and Precious Achua, I'll talk about them in a, little, a little bit later in the show, but also just in general, seeing where some intriguing names could impact the NBA in the future, where they may land um, in this draft. Throughout this show, we're going to specifically focus on the Grizzlies, looking at all options that may be out there as far as this draft goes, throwing out some preferred names in different avenues they could take when it comes to the draft. And then towards the end of the show, I'll give some general draft nuggets, some general draft, you know, things that I'm looking out for that I really will think allow for it to be the best product that it can be tonight. You can follow myself at StatsSAC, the show at Locked on Grizz. You can can find the podcast anywhere podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio, wherever you choose to listen to your podcast will be there we ask that you listen review subscribe leave us you know information what you think of the show and provide us you know with potential content you'd love for us to talk about we always want to make sure we're providing content that is relevant to our listeners preferences my name is sean coleman i've now been the host of this show for a little over seven months i've enjoyed every single minute of it because it involves both something that i enjoy doing which is breaking down sports and also my passions which are the grizzlies the nba and sports in general and i love interacting with those that share the same passions. So looking, and before we get started, I do also remind you of our title sponsor, Built Bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, put in the promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order from Built Bar. So before we really get into breaking down the draft, as I mentioned, you know, yesterday afternoon, uh, there was a small but, you know, significant nugget of news when it came to the Grizzlies. Now, one thing that needs to be pointed out, and it's probably common sense, this is something that's been hit on before, this Memphis Grizzlies front office is, is one of the big differences between it and the old regime, besides just straightforward competence, is the fact that they keep things close to the vest. They don't release a lot of information because it adds to their creativity to kind of move in silence when they're trying to put moves together. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not as active as other teams that are dominating the news highlights. It just means that that's their preference and that they like to kind of move under, you know, in the shadows, I guess you could say, to find moves that make sense for the team. And the thing that came out was that uh, prospect Tyrell Terry, a guard from from Stanford, it was asked of him who he had worked out with, and he said that he had worked out for the Grizzlies. If I'm correct, I believe each team had 10 in-person workouts that they could use for the draft this year, and the Grizzlies used it on him. Now, the significance of that is that Terry's not someone that you would expect to be there at the 40th pick, though he is someone who I've seen have the highest variance of potential spots that he could land in the draft. I know the Ringer, for instance, has him in the top 10, while most notable you know, sites that do mock draft have him towards the late teens into the 20s. But what that does indicate is that it does seem like the Grizzlies could have the intention to trade up if they find a talent that they really believe in and that they could, you know, potentially move up into the late first or probably early sec early, early second 
to make a move. And you can see why Tyrell Terry stands out as a potential target. He's someone that offers an incredibly high ceiling when it comes to his shooting ability. As you know, for instance, in terms of being the overall best shooter in the draft, Terry's name is someone that's frequently in that mix. He also could provide, you know, point guard, you know, a production in a pinch and could offer a lot of different versatility you know when it comes to even potentially playing alongside John Morant which obviously is a big focus for this Grizzlies team for the future so it makes sense in a couple of different levels both in terms of the prospect that the Grizzlies could target but also that the Grizzlies could move up so we'll start there I don't think that this draft is a situation in which the Grizzlies should trade one of their valuable future assets in order to move up in this draft, you know, into like the lottery or the teens. I just don't think that there's a prospect that's going to be there that would make it worth the price to move up because those picks, the Utah pick, the Golden State pick, the Grizzlies first rounders moving forward, I feel they're going to be more valuable because they're going to be in deeper drafts. That's just me personally. Now, if a deal's out there that just makes sense, it's just a clear win for the Grizzlies and they just believe in the player, you know, I understand it, but I don't think you're going to see any of our future first really move to move up in this draft. And it could happen, but I don't anticipate it happening. What I do think you could see, as a matter of fact, a Parker Fleming from Grizzly Bear Blues, and he's a friend of the show, um, uh, one of the brightest young minds out there when it comes to covering the Grizzlies. I had the pleasure of being on his Core 4 podcast last night, um, and we talked about that with him and Lauren Harvey. He mentioned that when it came to potential trades, you know, the Grizzlies have multiple ways of doing it. You know, they could trade up and, and use a future asset, maybe a second or two, if they want to move up into the 30 range. If they want to move up into the late first, Maybe they can move big salaries using Gorgie Dang or even potentially Tyus Jones or Jonas Valanciunas. Again, I don't think that it's going to come to that. I don't think that the Grizzlies look to move like a Jonas, a Jonas Valanciunas or a, a Tyus Jones uh, tonight. They may look more for future draft picks at moving those guys, but there are options out there that make sense. So beyond how they do it, who could they target if they move up? Well, some names that I think make sense, especially if they fall. I think if the Grizzlies want to get really bold and move up to into the 20s, you could look at Aaron Nesmith, Nesmith from uh, Vanderbilt, another guard who who can play multiple positions and is right in that uh, conversation as being the best shooter in this draft. I think that he could potentially be someone that you could see the Grizzlies move up for. A name that I have consistently mentioned as being as having the type of statistical and player profile that the Grizzlies really seem to value, Desmond Bain. Though I think Bain probably, and Nesmith and Bain, I think probably are just a little bit too high for the Grizzlies' liking. I think if you move that high, you then have to potentially move a future first. But if one of those guys were to fall, that's potentially who you could see the Grizzlies go after. And then, of course, Terry. I do think that Tyrell Terry is a name that you really could see the Grizzlies target. I think it's a sensible name. I know that a future a few places had him like even in the you know the 27 to 30 range and if you see him fall in that range I would not be surprised if you could tie what was released yesterday the Grizzlies interest in him to the Grizzlies moving up to get him you know in the back half of the first round so not only is there sensible ways in which the Grizzlies could move up there are also sensible names that can make the Grizzlies move up a few others in that 30 range who possibly could fit the Grizzlies uh, mold as far as uh, players that they they may target Elijah Hughes and Isaiah Joe, two very intriguing shooters. So there's plenty of names out there at different levels in the draft that you could sensibly see it making sense for the Grizzlies to move up and go after in this draft. But you can bet one thing. 
And and that's the that's the reason why on even in off seasons like this, where the Grizzlies may not seem to really have much reason or may not seem to have a lot of opportunities out there to make a significant move, this front office has all bases covered. So with whatever move the Grizzlies front office decides to make tonight and in general through free agency and potential trades here in the near future, they're going to have all their bases covered. And unlike the previous regime, you know and their track record shows that if they make a move, they feel it's the best thing for the franchise and they've done nothing but create confidence in themselves that that move is going to be the right move. So I think you could, there's a very good chance you could see a trade tonight and it likely could be up to get a talent. Um, In a second though, we'll talk about what if the Grizzlies decide to stay at 40 or what if they stay at 40 and then want to trade back into the second round and add multiple prospects, you know, developmental prospects who could spend some time with the hustle. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But speaking of having all things covered, I can tell you that tonight, through the Locked On Podcast Network, we will have you covered. Um, the Locked On, the NBA Draft is finally here, obviously, and the Locked On Podcast Network will have live draft coverage this year on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch at Locked On Live. It'll be the only place that you can find Chad Ford, the GOAT of draft analysis, on the night of the draft. Join Chad, Brad Roland of Locked On Hawks, and David Locke in the most in-depth coverage of the NBA Draft featuring analysis from Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. Follow Locked On Live on on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and get alerts as soon as they go live. Speaking of continuing the idea of being covered, have you ever thought about how to cover your desire to get healthier, get healthy routines going in your daily routine, and that is doing small things that you can commit to consistently doing. Well, one option could be, um, you know, adding Built Bar to your day. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's a very healthy snack that also provides energy for you to get through your day, and it's very versatile. You could use it for breakfast. You could use it in the morning as breakfast, before or after a workout, maybe as an afternoon snack listening to your favorite Locked On Podcast Network show. You also can have options when it comes to the flavors that are available through Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and find a wide assortment of flavors. Whatever your taste preferences are, it's likely Built Bar is going to have you covered through their website. Another very fun fact about their website is that if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order through Built Bar. That's 20% off your next order. But I can tell you this, if once you add Built Bar to your day, it's going to be a part of your daily routine. That's how beneficial and tasty of a snack Built Bar is. Again, go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code Locked On, and get 20% off your next order from Built Bar. So in general, this draft has certainly been, you know, something that has, it's been a draft that's been looked upon as being a bit weaker than, you know, in past years. And for good reason. There's not as many star names in there. There's not as many, you know, elite potential talents that are out there. But I do think that there are a few strengths of this draft that stand out. And one of those is certainly guard depth, especially at the point guard position. I'll talk a little bit about that in the third segment. But the reason why I bring that up is because referencing what I said in the first segment, I feel that there is a stronger possibility now that the Grizzlies could move up in the first round after the uh, information that was um, released yesterday about Tyrell Terry, and I feel like that that's the area that the Grizzlies would focus. They would want to dip into the ability to get an intriguing guard prospect, especially one that could potentially, um, you know, shoot could in a pinch play point guard and could potentially fit next to John Morant for stretches as a shooter. 
Tyrell Terry, Desmond Bain, Aaron Nesmith, names such as that really stand out. You know, other names, you know, could be Isaiah Joe or um, Malachi Flynn. So a lot of different names that really stand out if the Grizzlies were to trade up. And I think if they do, it likely is for a backcourt option that can add a lot of versatility, plus the added element of both playing point guard and a pinch hand shooting, something that you really don't have in any of their other options right now besides Morant and Tyus Jones. But what if the Grizzlies were to stick at 40? Well, I think if they stick at 40, the likelihood is is that the best values that they could look at probably are names that are going to be more on the wing. And I do think that there are some very intriguing names that could make the most sense. Some names that I think that certainly would be valuable and can fit the Grizzlies' needs for a variety of reasons. Now, three names that I think that are out there that could make a lot of sense for the Grizzlies at 40 are Tyler Bay, someone that I covered, obviously, from Colorado, Cassius Stanley, a very intriguing and athletic guard from Duke, and also Jordan Wara, a very stout and well-built um, forward from Louisville who has outstanding three-point range and very good rebounding ability for a wing. I think that those three names are names that could really stand out for the Grizzlies at number 40 and be valuable picks. Now, personally, I would rank them Bay, Stanley, and um, uh, Nora, and the reason why is because I rank them based off the many different ways, the overall value that they could potentially provide and the multiple ways in which they could provide it. I put Tyler Bay up there because I think he's the best defender of the group. I think that he could be a good catch-and-shoot three-point option, but I also think that when it comes to his play in college, he played in the post in college and will transition to the perimeter in the NBA. I do think, though, his skills in the post broadens the way in which he could provide, you know, potential value as a maybe set in screens, you know, as a secondary playmaker on the elbow or, you know, potentially making post moves against smaller players, you know, in the lane. I think that those are all facets of his game he can improve upon. He did show some encouraging signs as a, you know, pick and pop option or a catch and shoot option from three-point land, but the big thing about him is his defensive potential. He really could add above average value rate, defensive rates when he's on the court. I don't necessarily know if he be, ever becomes a significant starter, but I certainly do think he becomes an intriguing option for the Grizzlies if he were to be there at 40. And I also think the fact that, you know, he doesn't have as much clear offensive upside, especially as a shooter, and the fact that he'll be transitioning to a new role in the NBA, plus being an older prospect, I think that though he likely will not be there at 40, he could be a guy that slides if you see certain prospect runs happen, you know, in this draft. Cassius Stanley stands out because of his athleticism, and as I mentioned when I covered him in the previous show, which I certainly encourage you uh, to go back and listen to, especially, you know, if we were to pick him, is that he's been called one of, if not the most athletic guards to come out of Southern California over the past 20 years, and for good reason. The man could sit there and jump out of the gym. He literally has that good of a vertical, one of the best verticals in college basketball last year, but it's not just that he's an athlete. It's not like he's someone um, that's just purely an athlete and that's the reason why you pick him. He's shown legitimate ability to shoot the three, shown legitimate ability to create a difference on defense, and there's also the added benefit of him really being a nightmare in the open court, especially as a lob threat and finisher that could add an element to the Grizzlies that they don't have in terms of a finishing option outside of the post, on the wing or at guard, that could really add to, you know, John Morant, if they keep him around, DeAnthony Melton and Tyus Jones's 
passing ability in the open court. I think for a lot of reasons, Cassius Stanley makes sense, not only because of how he projects potentially as a 3 and D guy with good open court potential, but he has the athleticism that you really love to see in a prospect that means that he can grow into something more and has a good chance of exceeding his expectations in the right system, which I think the Grizzlies could provide. Now, in terms of the best fit for the clearest needs that the Grizzlies have is Jordan Moore. Now, when I profiled Jordan Moore, I didn't necessarily think he made a lot of sense for the Grizzlies. I thought that he was more someone that clearly became an option if he were to fall past 45 and the Grizzlies might be able to trade up um, you know, or trade back into the second round and use a second second round pick to get him. But if they take him at 40, I don't necessarily think that it's a disappointment. Probably less of a disappointment than I thought it would have been in the past. I'm not the biggest believer in how he projects and how he grows for his size, especially for a perimeter player. Again, he looks like a defensive end. That's great to have when you're young. But I don't know how well he matures, but of course that's, you know, several years down the road, so it's not that big of an issue. But one thing that clearly stands out are his strengths. Number one, his ability to shoot the three. He may not be the best decision maker when it comes to taking his shot, but he can shoot anywhere, you know, in the gym. He, he literally has, you know, wider than NBA range. If you want to talk about a guy who is comfortable shooting it from the range that you see that Damian Lillard has made um, popular in the NBA, Nora has that confidence. And so that means he can get his shot off in a variety of ways. I am concerned about how self-sufficient he will be getting his shot up in the NBA. However, he does have volume in his history, and I do feel that he could be a good catch-and-shoot option. So there are creative ways in which he can make a difference, especially on the perimeter. The other thing, though, that stands out about him is his ability to rebound. He is a very, very good rebounder for his size, and that you hope that that offers encouragement for him to also be someone who could be a cutter in the half court. I don't think he has that much potential as a dribble drive type guy. I don't think he's going to be able to penetrate. I just don't know if his quickness and speed will allow for him to do that, but he certainly is someone who can rebound and also has the potential as, as in a bit of a post-up game with his size. So three names that do stand out if the Grizzlies were to stay at 40 that I think make some sense. I Again, I think it's more likely than not the Grizzlies do make a trade tonight. There is a good chance they could stay at 40 if they were to trade up. I think their focus is more in the backcourt if they stay at 40. I think some more valuable picks start to emerge that can help out on the wing. But what if the Grizzlies were to stay at 40 but potentially find value after that pick? Coming up, I'm going to name a couple of names I think that the Grizzlies could focus on adding in the back half of the second round, and I'll also touch on a few themes of tonight that I'm very interested in seeing how they play out. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So we've discussed what would happen if the Grizzlies were to trade up. We've discussed what could happen if the Grizzlies were to stay at pick 40. But a couple of names that I also think are worth trading back into the second round to get are Jordan Wara and Sam Merrill. At the end of the day, the Grizzlies' biggest need right now, as it is with many other teams, is shooting. But when it comes to the Grizzlies, they're heavily invested in seven to eight players for their future, but not a lot of you know clear shooting potential on the roster. Well, I think players such as Sam Merrill, such as Jordan Wara, and a few others 
could make sense for the Grizzlies to really go back into the second round and get. And I don't necessarily think that that's because they're going to add value in just an overall variety of ways. I just think these guys certainly have the value to be such a good shooter potentially, or at least in short stints provide true shooting value, that overall they add positive value when they're on a court, especially Sam Merrill due to his ability with his decision making and also his team defensive concept. With Nora, it's his added ability to rebound. So I think that if Nora were to fall past 40 and if Sam Merrill were to be there, I think it makes sense for the Grizzlies to trade up and ensure that they get that type of shooting talent in their franchise because I think Taylor Jenkins could do a lot with it. it these obviously are players that match his preferences. You give them a year or so, maybe a lot of playing time down with the um, hustle, really get them accustomed to an NBA style of development, I think that those guys could potentially really emerge at the very least as being guys that you can maybe play 8 to 12 minutes off the bench and could add a lot of value through their shooting. So that's my thought when it comes to the Grizzlies. Just some various names that they could target and different ways if they were to trade up, stay at 40, or potentially trade back into the second round to get to a second pick. Some names that stand out to me that I certainly would prefer for them to go after. But what about this draft in general? I do think that it's a, you know, even though it may not have as, you know, much talent as past drafts have, I do also think that, you know, that adds to the intrigue. Because you don't really know what's going to make a lot of sense for these teams until they're on the clock. Well, starting off in the lottery, I think that, you know, one thing that you could see emerge is that I know the big three names are Wiseman and Lamella Ball and um, Anthony Edwards. However, for me personally, as I mentioned with Chip Williams, I actually prefer Oneka, Onyeka Okongwu to Wiseman because I think he has the better chance of being a significant talent in the NBA that you could play in high leverage situations. Now, I think Wiseman going to the Warriors makes a ton of sense. He has more he has more offensive upside and a higher ceiling than Okongwu, but I'll be interested to see what the Warriors do with their second pick. Is it a trade? Do they want to, you know, potentially move up? I know there's a rumor out there that the Bill that the Bulls can move up and then from there um, uh, they would be able to likely get ball with Edwards likely going to Minnesota, and then the Hornets would likely take Wiseman. So I think that that'll be interesting to see those first three or four picks, what teams potentially move up to really land one of those two top three or four guys and then go from there. In, that, in the rest of the top ten, I feel there are names that certainly are viable alternatives, such as Halliburton and Hayes and others that are, are alternatives to Edwards and Ball. I think Okongwu is an, is an alternative to Wiseman. We'll really look forward to seeing where those guys land as well, because I think in the right situation, several of those talents have the potential to become significant starters. And I think for a lot of teams, besides the Warriors and, and you know in that top 10, I think that what makes the most sense is to just take the pick that you're most interested in. I think teams like the Hornets and the Wizards, it would make sense for them to trade down to get more, you know, potential lottery tickets for the future. But I do think in their cases, it makes a lot of sense to simply take the names that you're, you know, satisfied with. You know, I'd love to see Hayes, for instance, go to Detroit. I think that he's the type of guy that Detroit really would love to add to their roster. I think Okongwu would be a great guy for the Wizards to get. You could see a team get very, very bold like the Boston Celtics and trade up for an Okongwu or one of those teams, you know, in the 11 to 14 range, especially the Spurs 
Bears. You know, that's another area of the draft that I'm very interested in. What will those teams that were chasing the Grizzlies in the bubble and that could um, really challenge the Grizzlies as playoff contenders next year, the Suns, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Pelicans in that 10 to 13, 14 range, what do those teams do? I think you could see one of them potentially move up into that top 10 and get a guy they're really interested in. So it's the trades and the lottery that I'm really interested to see. But I also think that, like I mentioned, Hayes to Detroit and Okongwu to the Wizards, I think that, you know, those teams could trade back. It's just sensible that if one of those names fall and they fall right into your lap, lap to take them and move forward. Another big thing that I'm interested to see is the point guard depth that's going to be there, especially outside of the lottery as you get into picks 15 to 25. So many intriguing point guards. You've got Cole Anthony, um, Kyra Lewis from Alabama. Um, you've got uh, Malachi Flynn, Desmond Bain, um, and, and others that really stand out as, you know, potential um, uh, good fits. And there's plenty of contenders in that area of the draft that really could use guard depth, especially point guard depth. And so I think for some of those talents, there's clear matchups that are just wonderful for their future uh, projections. You know, for instance, Cole Anthony landing with um, the um, um, Heat, or Desmond Bain landing with Philadelphia, Malachi Flynn landing with Philadelphia, Tyrese Maxey potentially going to Dallas. A lot of those point guards or combo guards landing on teams that have bright futures or are obviously contenders right now, I think that that's an intriguing part you know, of the mid and late first round to really watch out for as well. And then at the end of the first round into the second round, when we talk about getting into Grizzlies territory, what moves could you make? Could we see more teams like the Utah Jazz move back? They moved back from 23 to 28 in order to gain an extra second round pick. What trades will you see? Because I think you'll see a lot of movement. Some teams are just going to want to get money for these picks. But I do think that you could see some movement to where you see teams really maneuver to get in position for a guy that they like. And you could see some followers like a Tyrell Terry, a Tyler Bay, Precious Achua from Memphis. You could see some of these guys potentially fall, but it actually could benefit them because if they can get into an organization that really has shown it can develop talents, that could really help their career moving forward than landing in other places could have. So I think towards the end of the first, early second, it's what draft picks that you thought may have been potential lottery picks or early in the first round type, you know, projections, which of those fall and who trades up to get them. I think that's another intriguing part of this draft. So as I mentioned, the names may not be where they used to be. And in terms of the Grizzlies, they may not have a premium pick like we've been spoiled with having over the past few drafts. But there are plenty of intriguing scenarios that could play out both for the Grizzlies and this draft in general. So I urge you to really enjoy it. Take advantage of it. As mentioned, it's been a crazy year. And it kind of reminds us just how quickly things can change even with stuff outside of our control. And it may change again, you know, with all that's going on with COVID-19 right now. I know that plans are in place certainly to finish a lot of these seasons, but you never know. It could just get back to the point to where it just doesn't make sense. You know, for uh, basically a sports season could be interrupted again. And we know what it felt like with, to be without sports, you know, earlier this year. Take advantage and really cherish tonight because it's going to be enjoyable to see how everything plays out. Obviously, you can again follow the show at Stats SAC, myself at Locked On, or excuse me, you can follow the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, and you can find the podcast wherever it's available. After tonight, we will have a special 
podcast. I will have a podcast reaction show in which we'll break down several of the things that have occurred, not only with the Grizzlies, but what about happened? What what about what happened with other potential playoff contenders and those teams around the Southwest Division? I'll give my perspective and analysis based off what occurs. Again, enjoy tonight, and we will be back with you tonight and the rest of this week to cover all that's going on here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.